Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi everyone, Ben here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. Joshua Fillon, Lindsay H, Amy Stapleton, Max Cairnduff, Rosie Delight, Kristen Alstrom, Anika Khan, Adam Bertolet, Linda Julia, Sean Froling. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash rustyquill and take a look at our rewards. 
Hi everyone, Alex here with a quick confession. You might notice when listening to today's episode that the number in the introduction is a bit... wrong. Now, don't worry, we didn't release the wrong episode or anything, and there's a perfectly simple explanation. I'm an idiot, and I forgot how to count. So yeah, my bad. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, because I am never going to live it down. Episode 59 of the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell, and with me today I have... James Ross. Lydia Nichols. And who are you playing? Sam Bertrand of McCaffigan. Hamid Salahulun Al-Taham. Sasha Rackett. Zolf Smith. And everything isn't going great, but, 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 you're not dead. And only one of you is unconscious. So, yeah. you know, That's like, pretty good. And yeah. like, as far as like trends go, though, you... though he's with the one person who doesn't know how to wake him up. That's <laughs> <laughs> just chasing rabbits. He's having a lovely time. <laughs> so, right. as it stands, the party are still attempting to broadly escape Paris as the the underworld rises up and starts claiming it. And by that, I mean the criminal elements. <gasps> oh. So, having, again... Well, here, because they're based on the Eiffel Tower, they're the overworld. So in London, you've got other London, which is underneath. But in Paris, it's actually all like... Oh, it's an upper city. It's all kooky. Oh, it's I all have heard kooky. that France is a topsy-turvy, crazy way. <laughs> <laughs> so, having had Wild turn up and attempt to sort of corral you out of Paris, sadly, you got jumped. He got drugged. And you all managed to escape, only to then make it to a locksmith, only to then have the locksmiths attacked. You managed to escape out into the street, and just as you were trying to flee, Bertie kind of went off on one and tried to try to get the archers... Tried to flush out the sniper's nest, you're welcome! <laughs> <laughs> and kind of ended up a little bit unconscious. So then Sasha, who, if you spent a brief stint unconscious, probably barely counts, yeah. headed back to uh, sort that out. On the bright side, though, Hamid, you've managed to pull Bertie down some stairs. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, gently, gently. Gently and lovingly. Without Cradling ever, his head. <laughs> so, without ever knocking him in the way that might just wake him up. And I believe that the last thing that happened was uh, Zolf managed to trip over a new enemy, oh, flip over and land face down in front of the one that you were attempting to tackle, who, who has kind of been starting to raise the alarm a little bit. Yeah. With that in mind, the person that you were about to tackle... Immediately scarpers. Yeah. The person who lifted up the sewer curses as they are currently in the sewer with a face full of Zolf's watery boot. And the wearing boots. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's watery. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we discussed this and it turns out he doesn't leave wet footprints. There's just sort of a mildewy... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, it's chat, like... He's had the experience of being palpated by a flannel. <laughs> <laughs> he's just there going... Oh, it's no, like drizzle! Exactly. Oh, it's terrible! It's like oh, someone flicked nice. a wet towel in his face. Oh. oh, yeah, there wasn't really much impact in it. It was just <laughs> the shock of being kicked by water was enough <laughs> to push them back down. <laughs> Particularly since they've come out of a sewer. Uh, that dice went away. That so. dice flew away. I'm going to grab that one. Rebel dice. <laughs> so the two enemies that you were facing, one of them has fled and the other one has gone back down into the sewer. Sasha, you're up. You've managed to successfully dodge an arrow. Uh, and you are on a roof with what looks like... In fact, give me a perception check in general. I haven't, I haven't got one for them. Your one. 18 plus 9, 27. Did you sigh when you got a 27 on a perception check? You need to lower your standards. <laughs> no, no, I, I think I just 
outside in general. <laughs> I mean, you know, life these days. <laughs> it's just sometimes I don't really want to know what's going on. Sometimes I don't even check Twitter for almost five minutes. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to On Wecast. <laughs> so, having a quick look, there are only two. Let's be honest, there were two snipers up on this roof. Yep. They look like they were set up with their equipment. So there are a bunch of arrows in the rooftop, you know, ready to pluck and go. Yeah. They had a trap set up. You, With this perception check, you've had a little bit more time. They've clearly been rigging something up with alchemist's fire to give a very, very bad day to anyone who tried to come up the skylight again. Most likely to be Bertie, probably, if he ever woke up. And they, they appear to be geared up to the eyeballs. They're both wearing face masks and hoods pulled up so that you couldn't tell who they were even if you wanted to. Mm. Uh, they're quite slim, so they're not like big bruisers, but you can also see from your vantage point that there are a few more people rushing across rooftops. However, they're not all converging on you or anything like that. Yeah. Mostly you can see the remnants that were firing at Bertie when you were in the locksmith scattering, but it's becoming apparent to you that they're stopping scattering. It's probably because they may have realised it's an illusion by this point. Like, they're dotted around all of the rooftops, basically. So essentially, this is the kind of job that Sasha would have been doing six months ago. Exactly mm. the kind of job that Sasha would have been doing six months ago. Your turn, what do you do? Okay, so Sasha is going to try and do full Cirque du Soleil cowardice. Uh, very specific type of cowardice yeah it's like after they'd done the you know Cirque du Soleil le frog Uh I know there were there were adverts everywhere of them all dressed as frogs and it was big thing and then they did they did a cat one they did you know Cirque du Soleil theme she's going to do a cowardly rogue Uh and do a sort of tumble no she's going to go through his legs slip down between his legs down the hole Uh uh, and then throw a tangle foot bag up to keep him up okay so give me a tumble check that is 26. Oh, oh. That die has been doing significant work for you in the last couple yes, of yes, Remember that she has an acrobatics bonus no, of 11. Like, you, you also haven't rolled below 14 yet. Just true, throwing that out true. there. I mean, I haven't rolled higher than a 9 for um, Wild the entire time he's been with you guys. <laughs> so you, yeah, you successfully straight through the legs and you land, drawing a Tanglefoot bag as yep. you go. You land squarely, mm-hmm. ready to throw. Give me an attack roll. Is that a 20? That is a crit. Right. <laughs> yes. So she crits, does it throw in the face? Is so it face tangled? You down? slide through the legs, yep. you bounce off the wall, yep. deliberately doink, doink, land. Doink, doink. You then turn around, and because mm. cool guys don't look at explosions, yeah. <laughs> you throw the tanglefoot bag just cursorily over <laughs> your shoulder. Yeah. It goes up, you hear the. Th- Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and I'll allow you to stroll out, having successfully incapacitated the person. Yep. Maximum cool. Yep. Gonna just saunter. Sasha. Saunter. <laughs> Silently. And <laughs> there's no one around as well. Hamid. You see Sasha sauntering out of what <laughs> she really shouldn't be sauntering out of. Like, the stakes are incredibly high, but she looks... saunter. She looks like a tomcat who just uh, got a pot saucer of milk. <laughs> Hamid, you're up. You're at the bottom of the stairs, dragging uh, Bertie. Sasha, how, how do we get Bertie out of here? Slap him in the face! Uh, what? Uh, are you ch- I sort of half-heartedly slap Bertie in the face. <laughs> You'll raise the helmet to do so, obviously, but yes. I was having the most terrible dream. I, I was in an exam that I hadn't revised for, and I'd also forgotten to pay off the exam board. <laughs> <laughs> you awake. What's more? It's now your turn. <laughs> OK. 
Congratulations, you only had to wait a whole episode, but it's your turn. <laughs> okay. Right! Get out of here! Bertie wants to draw his sword and charge up the stairs again. <laughs> I'll allow it. Bertie makes moves in this direction, but assumes that Hamid or... Yes. Okay, is going to stop him. Uh, no, Sasha's just going to... No. Fine, fine, all right, fine. Zolf. You are unaware of all of this. You're currently flat on your back. The person who you were tackling has run off, which is a good thing, but to get more people, which is a bad thing. What do you do? Is the person I kicked in the face that I'm now aware of uh, still kind of head you out? You hear the distinct sounds of someone sloshing around in the sewers beneath you, echoing up through the cool. hole. Um, I'm going to stay on the ground, get the rapier out, stay uh-huh. on the ground, and ready in action for when that man pops his head out of the... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sewers again. Uh-huh. I'm going to put the rapier through it. Okay. <laughs> I, I just want to point out that the damp mildewiness of your touch is so horrendous that someone has chosen to <laughs> slosh back into actual raw sewage. It's a talent. That's <laughs> also the final paragraph on Zolf's online dating. <laughs> his gift is his curse. Yeah. <laughs> your ready to action goes off. Oh, there you go. A person tries to climb up. And is face to face with you at the end of a rapier. <laughs> yep, give me the roll. <laughs> She's kebab. Yeah. I rolled a two. <laughs> I got good news and I got bad news. Uh, yeah. The good news is it's not a fumble. Yeah, sorry. The bad news is they basically put their head up, you go, ha ha! They use that time to just duck again and you go, <laughs> stop announcing, stop announcing <laughs> when you get to attack. Gah! Basic stuff. <laughs> yeah. But Shouldn't have given that half hour lecture <laughs> on my motivations, exactly what I'm going to do with the lasers of the moon. Why did I write my evil plan in a large volume and call it my struggle and have it published all across France? <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do that? Why? Okay. Oh, no. Sasha, you're up. i got one more smoke bomb, right? Don't waste it. That alleyway. She throws the smoke bomb out and then... Okay. Yeah, Again, I will not get a stealth check in that case because the smoke will be sufficient to cover you. Mm-hmm. Hamid, you're up. I hold my action to make sure Bertie's running in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you working as a well-oiled machine <laughs> to keep Bertie on point. <laughs> Bertie, you're up. Bertie thinks that like... I point. Yeah. <laughs> Bertie follows the direction of Hamid's pointing. Okay, and then Hamid, it's the end I of the move round. after him. Funnily enough. Okay, you all make it back to the alleyway Yay! at the far end to Zolf. Um, Zolf, you're up. Okay, so is there some sort of manhole cover they keep poking away? Yes. Just, okay, yeah. cool. You could, you could just put that cover back. Uh, I'm going to put it back and sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> you're strong enough to not need any checks. It's a basic cover, so you just tung, yeah. sit on it. You hear... <laughs> 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 Adventures of man. (laughs) Dwarf. At which point I am going to drop out of initiative because the person on the ground has no way of lifting that now and there are no enemies currently nearby. So I will allow you all to reconvene as long as it's where Zolf is. Uh, Right, we've been been seen. Uh, So we need to get out of here quick. Yes, let's just flee. Also, there's a man on this manhole cover so he may try and chase us after I get off. But prefer to run. Let's go. We can escape through the sewer, Bertie says, drawing this all. We don't way. know where that leads. We don't know how to get, we don't have to navigate the sewer. Wild, where's the best exit? Wild, yeah, Wild stumbles up and again he's like, he just looks at Zolf. He actually looks apologetic. He doesn't say anything and he goes, yeah, he goes, right, we can't use the sewers. The sewers, they've got locked down. The rail network is basically not running. 
as far as I'm aware, the only place that's left is the aeroport. Right, let's go. Okay, it's a pretty significant distance. Well, yeah, fine. We need um, to get walking. Right. Oh, Bertie, there's a there's a metal bar there. Shove it through the manhole cover so it can't get opened. Bertie does so. I wouldn't even need a check. Yeah. You just bend it into a nice looking bow. <laughs> Nice. So it's but, double tight, never. Rabbit through the hole and then <laughs> over the street. <laughs> <laughs> so while takes a moment, he looks around and goes, Okay, um this way, and he starts going again cautiously rather than legging it mm. and starts heading off. I'm assuming that you're all following his lead? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll go at the back. So Wilde, as he's stalking along cautiously. There's definitely something going on. There's a few plumes of smoke which are visible like above the rooftops around the city. Occasionally you'll all take a moment. Sash is probably going to be the best at spotting this, you know. Tells everyone to stay as a couple of people jump across an alleyway and things like that. And you're just going very, very cautiously and, and not just bombing it. There's a few hairy moments. As you're heading, Wilde is basically explaining what he couldn't explain and didn't have the time to earlier. And it's very clear as time passes on that he's sobering up. Um, whatever happened to him has clearly been a short-term thing and he just needed the time to just wear it off. And as he does, he goes from being a little bit panicked and a little bit overwhelmed to he's starting to get a bit of his a bit of his manner back. The conversation plays out over a fairly extended period, so I won't RP the whole lot because it'll take a while, but as he is your handler, he is wanting you to move on from Paris to Prague if possible. The reason for that is that, as far as you can tell, the higher-ups are getting worried that the American separatists have managed to get hold of the simulacrum plans. The American separatists is a thing that's come up before. Basically, there are there's a group of humanity who have decided to break out into what is effectively North America and try to set up shop on the East Coast. They have the, the blessing of the meritocrats insofar as, hey, yeah, you're not in prison, go nuts. Um, it's going to be incredibly difficult, and it is. It's widely known it's going very badly. And they're worried that a bunch of American separatists are a subsection of the people who are colon trying to colonise North America and just want shot off meritocrats entirely, not even in, not even cordial, like break off all relations completely. They're worried that these people have gotten hold of the simulacrum and what's more, it's known, and he's revealing this to you, that Tesla, Babbage and Ada have all sort of defected across to America. Whether they were the separatists or not, no one knows. But what they have now is a crack team of people who are very good at making things like the simulacrum, may have the simulacrum plans, and may be with politically very, very volatile groups who may want to create an enormous amount of problem. So what they're hoping now is that rather than making this army themselves, they're hoping for you to go on and find weaknesses to exploit. You've already destroyed the plans that were here. The chances of them being able to make it without whatever's in the Americas are slim. What they want now is, you know, Achilles heel territory. What what could they actually use to stop this sweeping across meritocratic lands and just treating people like rubbish? So our extended goal is still to research the original design. Correct, but with a different us. final objective, which yeah. is rather than it being let's make this ourselves, it's a, that, that ship's kind of sailed. Identify weaknesses. We, we want to stop this from happening at this point. Hammond is going to be quite vociferous about dealing with the problems in Paris. Like, he'll agree to this, essentially, as long as Wilde has makes some pretty convincing assurances that other people are coming to Paris to help out Paris. Like, the truth is, is that us as a team are not exactly well-placed to go up against the Le Gourmand and solve all these problems, but Hammond will want will not agree to leave Paris until he's pretty certain that someone is. I am now going to RP this specific sure. bit. 
you've effectively just said what you said, but yeah. couched as Hamid. Right, the reason I couldn't, the reason we've been rushing and the reason we don't want to be captured is Guivre is going to make a move. Guivre being the meritocrat responsible for Paris, like the actual meritocrat. Eiffel's folly's gone far enough. They're making a move. We've stepping in personally. We do not want to be here when that happens. Wait, so she's going to fly around with the whole being a massive dragon thing? She's not going to be raising Paris to the ground, but Eiffel's folly is going to be probably Eiffel's flat piece of charred glass. Right. We do not want to be captured and taken there. Similarly, we do not want to be out and about, because whilst Guivre is incredibly good at combating enormous amounts of people simultaneously, spotting a few people who are actually meaning well in a city that's awash with people who mean ill probably isn't going to go well. So, I mean, still going to try and evacuate as many people on board as possible, right? Because, you know, setting that kind of thing off in the middle of the city is going to have a lot of... I mean, it looks pretty empty, like, everywhere that we're going around. You haven't seen any civilians. Right. You haven't seen a single civilian on the streets anymore. There was one point where you may have done, but not really. It looks like pretty much the entirety of Paris has locked up. There was that that old woman in the the shop. Like I said, Grief isn't going to be destroying Paris, but Grief is going to be doing flybys, and that's not a a place you want to be in right now. This hasn't happened for a few hundred years. This is the scale of things that are going on. Right, okay. Gourmand's making a move on the entirety of Paris. Maybe that old woman was an employee of She was in her house. I mean, it's going to be people, Look, it in, doesn't the, matter. people in the streets. What it comes down to is we can't be in the city right now. No. Either we hole up or we get you to Prague. Given how sure. pressing yeah. the matter is, well, we need to get you to Prague. That yeah. makes sense. Uh, kind of on that note, I need equipment. And you're employing us, so give me equipment. He just looks at you, reaches in, grabs a small bag, throws it at you. There's enough to buy any equipment that you need. Just I, I also need equipment. Bertie, as, as sad as it makes you, your, your equipment's more than adequate. Yes, and that's quite Oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so, can everyone... Uh, hang on, sorry, before, before this goes on, because Bertie is still having a circuit of command sent to Paris. And oh, yeah. He wants that. What about <laughs> postal forwarding services in times of complete social breakdown? Like, that's, that's his principal concern at this point. So what do you do about it? Mr. Wire, Mr. Wire, I am having the Circuit of Command, a historic artifact, my personal property, sent along to La Trion. Hmm? How, how will it be forwarded to me if we are in Prague? Hmm? How am I to obtain this and give it its rightful place just above my face? Hmm? Well, presumably, <laughs> well, presumably you gave um, the hotel a forwarding address. Or at least to, like you told it to head on to um, the, the McGuffin and the state or something. No, but sh- look, surely the courier won't be able to get into Paris, right? You're oh, abso- it absolutely not. It'll, so just, it'll just revert to. As long as You're you have an alternate address, it'll fine. It'll go back to the museum. But then I won't have it! Well, yeah, we but can send yet. a message from Prague. <sighs> Bertie, there's going to be a dragon. There is the distinct sound of someone noticing a loud, angry Bertie from a distant rooftop and more yelling. We don't have time for this. We need to move on. I want my pretty hat! <laughs> your, your hat is going to get to you in Prague, Bertie, just a little uh, later. Everyone give me a stealth check. This is kind <laughs> of a long term rather than just a short term. Minus three. <laughs> uh, well, Sasha rolled a four, but she Ooh. does have plus 11. So, so what's everyone getting? 12. 15. 15. Minus three. <laughs> That's the worst that Sasha can roll, pretty much. <laughs> You shouldn't be so proud of your minus numbers. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you actively draw attention to yourself. Yep. <laughs> okay. 
So, you're all being very, very careful, very, very stealthy. There's a couple of hairy moments, but between you, you all manage to cover one another's backs. And Wiles is making it very clear that probably within the next couple of hours, bear in mind, it's still the middle of the night. Mm. Like, you got you got effectively ambushed at the locksmiths at about 2 a.m. or something. Mm-hmm. So, it's, a, it's starting to approach dawn. So, the storm that has been brewing, as I said earlier, has begun to break. It has been torrential downpour for the last hour. You are cold, you are wet, it is not great. But... It's been helping you avoid people. This is categorically the worst day I've ever had. <laughs> you finally... You've got two legs right now. That is a complicated issue that I don't really want to go into right now. <laughs> As you're heading through, it's torrential to downpour and you wild points across a square. A big, wide, open square. Sasha's still interested, but... So, losing a leg can't be quite as painful as I assumed then. Wild just turns around and goes, Don't have time! Don't have time for this. Come on, please. He's he his hair is matted down. No amount of what was presumably pressed digitation is clearing him from this downpour. What turns out to have been some subtle concealer that he's been wearing is running. <laughs> Wild calls a stop just before the square, mm-hmm. and he turns to you and look. The airport on the far side of this. There's a couple of more streets, but we're going to have to cross this square. I'm hoping that the rain will cover us. But we're also quite near where a lot of the um, problems have been happening. Gorman's been trying to shut down every single transport system. Obviously, you lock the city down and you have it. He doesn't know that Queen's going to be moving. Why would he? It's been hundreds of years. But we don't know what state the aeroport's in. Okay? It could be hellish. We don't know. So just for what prep you're able to do, please do. As he's saying that, like, it's clearly like dawn is just beginning to break distantly. You're down in the street, so it's not coming, but it's very clear that the, the night's kind of passed. Titans are already loaded, spring-loaded restraints. Anyone got any other prep they can do? Again, <laughs> I suspect it's going to be awful. No, I'm currently a dwarf in some clothes. <laughs> kind of, kind of, yeah, I mean, that's better than... <laughs> <laughs> At least I've got clothes, I suppose. <laughs> would you be better at sneaking without them on? No. <laughs> I would definitely be colder. I load and ready my crossbow. Bertie draws a sword versus his shield. I mean, if, if you've got an hour or two, I can make some bombs. We should just go. All right. Wild sets out. Everyone give me a stealth check. No. Seven. Sixteen. Twenty-five. Ten minus eight is two. <laughs> I hide behind Burton. <laughs> yeah, solid. As you all set out into the square with the rain pummeling downwards, we'll take a break and be back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back in a couple of minutes. Hey everyone, Alex here with another quick update for you. Rusty Cool Gaming will be recording a one-off live episode on August 17th at the Harrison in King's Cross, London, England. Myself, Ben and Lydia will be attending along with Johnny Sims from the Magnus Archives and will be double billing with the Chaotic Adequate podcast. Tickets are still available but we can't guarantee they'll stay that way so if you are planning on coming, don't wait till the last minute. 
For more details, visit our website or follow the link in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you in person. And now, let's get back to the episode. And welcome back. So you're setting off across the square. The streets obviously disappear off to either side. It's such a torrential downpour, you cannot see in the distance. So you're creeping forward, creeping forward. There's a moment where Wilde loses his balance, he catches himself, has a look around. There's a moment where Bertie, significantly louder, loses his balance with a great clang. Hopefully the rain deadened the noise, you're not sure. As you continue on, you see moving shapes at the far end of the square, lots of them, and you hear what sounds like combat. No one appears to have noticed you because you're covered by the rain currently, but there's clearly something big going down at the far side of the square. You're currently in the exact middle of the square. You're by a fountain, which is just gushing over because the rain is pouring down and it's just flooding into the square. Oh, this doesn't look good. Does anyone have any ideas? I've got a thunderstone. I could throw it at the other side and maybe everyone would run after it. Uh, I don't know if they're, they're actually having a fight. Maybe you just throw it into them and try to distract them while we break through the line. Ooh, that'd be cool. And, well, could you throw us up, conjure us up another tank? Yeah, could you actually just do any spell? Yeah. Hmm. He looks at Zolf. Zolf looks at him. Holds up his fingers. <laughs> I know we're all right. While, while, while basically steps down from the precipice, we don't have time for this. Uh, yes, I can. Right, yeah, let's get us another tank. Right. Can you make gyrocopters? Sure. Cool. Can I have a pony? <sighs> yes. I we don't have time for this, no, do we? We? <laughs> no, we don't. Right, so what's the plan? I give you a distraction and what? we run through. Yeah, we we'll just have to break through the line. Look around you. He's like, he's having to sort of speak quite loudly over the rain. So something that lights up is probably going to be pretty noticeable. Fine! He just clicks his fingers, mutters something and then throws his hand into the air. There is the roar of some massive mechanical behemoth above the sky. The What little light is coming from the dawn is blocked out as a, a great shadow. Something four-winged swoops overhead and continues off. You hear cries of fear and distraught people at the opposite That's end. That's all right. Then. So why didn't you do that before? Let's go, go, let's go. You start running. There is, again, it sounds like someone took a dragon and then mated it with a tank and then took what was left and put it on steroids. Whatever he has made is massive, Sasha, loud, oh. impressive. And just <laughs> appraises it so hard. Oh, man, no, I should a 19. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> Whoa! I tell you what, you can't see it, but it sounds expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it swoops across the square, and you can see its shadow playing upon all of the various buildings. As Wilde's running along, you can see him concentrating, and his eyes are sort of flicking as he's... He looks like he's calculating something. His head will turn to the left, and then suddenly you'll hear what sounds like an explosion, and something huge going off. Hamid, give me a knowledge arcana. 28. Oh, can I also? Oh. If you've got knowledge, I'll card, please do. Oh. Seven should <laughs> <laughs> so You think it's a really basic spell and it's not really I know, it's a comprehensive It's like, this is beyond me. <laughs> so, Hamid, you know that whilst he may have been a bit naff earlier, he is a masterful illusionist. Like, top draw, short of like, you know, making cities appear like they're not there. He's pretty high. He's as high as you would get for someone who's actually still out in the field getting their hands dirty. This is really excellent spellcraft. So you run on, and as you're running towards there, he just says, give me a moment. There's another huge, what sounds like, explosion directly in front of you. You 
don't feel the heat of it, but you can see a bright flash of light and what looks like pieces of debris going everywhere. That should make it easier. Oh yeah, that's a bit of all right. Yeah. Right. Well, let's go take advantage. Okay. He's he's looking quite tired, but yeah, you run on and you head towards a large, large building that actually looks more modelled after you know the sort of art deco stations that you can get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not it doesn't look like an airport. It looks like a train station. Big, huge facade at the front. Lots of artistic depictions of gods in various flattering poses, and has a certain art deco yeah. style. Elongated. Very stony. Yes, like yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And as you're running up to it, at first it looks like there's been a huge explosion at the front. It looks like it's been decimated by something and pieces of it are falling. As you run, there's a faint buzz as you walk through and suddenly it's completely fine. It hasn't been damaged at all. It's absolutely fine. Wild looks behind you and goes, if anyone goes through, they'll see. Um, I can't keep this kind of stuff up for much longer. Fine. Do we have a, a, a thing that can take us up? What you see is what you've got. We just have to find something. Uh, I don't do, know. Do you know how to fly one of these things? No. Does anybody know? Do we, any of you know? Um, I can give it a try. I am also <laughs> very good at trying. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sasha, right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, give it the old college try, yeah? Yeah, let's do this. I can disable devices, so why on earth could I not give it enable, enable them? Yeah. Right, okay. Um, I mean, if they're magical, I might be able to figure it out. All right, oh. group effort then. Okay, let's um get on the plane. So you head through the double I doors. I cast Detect Magic. Okay. So, giving Detect Magic, obviously, I'm assuming that you take the hand, concentrate, and blah, blah, blah. You detect nothing ahead of you. Casting your head around, though, you detect really strong illusion magic from whatever Wild has put up. I'm not even, yeah. Like That's a quick glance, but I'm heading into the hangar and looking at the There's There's machines. nothing. So heading in, it's not actually a hangar. You're heading into a foyer oh, for right. like, you're at the public entrance to this. So heading in, it is marble. It's actually in really good condition and it appears empty. There is definitely the sign of people having recently fled though. You see the, there's a couple of daggers that have been left in the floor. Ooh. There's maybe a length of rope and things like that. People clearly went, that's a very big, scary thing and just fled. Are there any nice daggers? Nah, they're all rubbish. Right, uh, come on, let's look, keep going. <laughs> yeah, looking out the window, are there any crafts? It's torrential downpour. There's a pair of staircases, like sweeping, like I said, yeah. Art Deco styles leading up to higher floors. And There's a staff only thing to the left. To the right is what looks like some more airport, like public facing stuff. And you can see big glass fronted back to the building. Like, effectively, there's no back wall, it's just big and glass and you can see what looks like there might be open space on the far side. Is Again, it's torrential in? downpour. Is there a door in this large glass facade? No. Like, whoa, where are the, where are the gyrocopters? Where are the flying things? I'm not an engineer, I don't know. I Have mean, you ever been to the airport? Once! Like, well, look, I'm going, to, I'm going to hazard a guess that they're not indoors. Yes, <laughs> they're either going to be on the roof or they're going to be out there. Right. He, he gestures to the big, massive glass-fronted thing that's probably a viewport of some kind. So I'm going to fire uh, an icicle, and then if I get another round, another icicle at the window so sure. that it smashes and we can just run it through. It takes two. The <laughs> yes, first fine. one goes, that it throws some cracks out, but it's clearly like reinforced glass because it's, it's massive. Yeah. It is like... This foyer is about three stories tall. It's actually quite impressive. If you have the time, the chandeliers, it's quite opulent, but mm, you know, nice. busy, busy, busy. <laughs> <laughs> might die, might die, might die. <laughs> the second one shatters through. The entire sheet, it looks like it's actually maybe two or three sheets that have just been reinforced against one another. It just collapses down in one big, huge one. Does the glass dust like collapse on oh, yeah, us? Is it, it safety? Is, we get What's the range of the icicle? 30 foot. 
it's 30 foot away. It shatters, glass goes everywhere. Everyone give me a reflex save. You're so eager for me to hurt you, you don't even let me get it out before yeah. I start hurting you. Eight, Ow! 18. 18? 21. 21. Uh, 17. 17. 6. 6. Yeah. front. So you shoot at it, you shoot at it again. Everyone else, seeing an enormous amount of glass falling to the ground and shattering everywhere, let's just say Bertie closes his helmet <laughs> and everyone goes in single file behind him. Yeah. <laughs> sort of you don't do that. No, I'll just keep going. Busy, 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 as you <laughs> You take... 10 damage okay. from the glass. Really glad I healed myself. Yeah, really, really quite a good call. Yeah. But the glass goes everywhere. Oh, uh, we've lost the non-lethal damage, haven't we? Yes. That's good. Cool, yes, I'm covered in horrible shots. The second glass. that you do, obviously, rain and wind starts pouring into the foyer, and you've opened it to the elements. You can see... A bit more movement out there, but you can't get more than that. Wiles is not paying attention right now. He is facing the way that you came in, and he's clearly maintaining the illusion. Yeah, yeah. Right, come on, let's go! Bertie follows and brushes through. Where are they? Where are the big flying things? Hmm. I assume they keep them in hangars or something. Okay, do you want... Look around. What can be seen? Run yeah. through the window. Everyone give me perception checks. <laughs> Perceive aeroplane. Ooh, critical. 20. Ooh! Might as well, just a 19. <laughs> Still a crit. Yeah. You get to keep that. Um, <laughs> 14. 14? I rolled a 3, so that's only 12. Uh, 20, but not a natural one. Okay. Sasha's described by a crazy. Well, no, what you did is you were running and you were looking for other bits of glass that might fall and saw a very big, very shiny chandelier. And as you watch, you see a tiny little plane take off in the chandelier. It's got automated mechanical planes <laughs> circling around. And it turns out it's this big elaborate set piece you didn't notice at first. No wonder you didn't see anything else. Zolf, you're looking off to one side, basically scraping glass out of your yeah, eye. Yeah, um, oh, that's her. <laughs> Sasha, obviously distracted, um, and Wild is facing the wrong way. Bertie and Hamid, you can see there is a very large distance open in front of you. Basically, an airfield to all intents and purposes. You can see that there are what look to be large hangars, very, very distant in the left. There's a brief flash of lightning which gives enough light for you to see. You don't see any movement over there. You also see more hangars on the extreme right. You see lots of movement over there. However, in the far, far distance, directly opposite, you can't see. It just disappears into a rain and gloom. Make eye contact with Bertie and go, that way? Yes, correct. <laughs> the, far, the far hangars, yeah. On the, on the ones on the left where there is no move. Yes, quite so. Mm. We start running. Okay. I'll, I'll follow these guys. Yeah, they've obviously seen something. Wild takes a moment and then once you've all headed off, turns and starts running. Are you guys breakneck speeding or does Wild have a chance to catch up? I'll let Wild have yeah, wait for Wild. Okay, yeah. he, he, he runs up. He looks more tired than he should do for that running. It's probably all of the illusions. He's just like, they'll know that it was all fake. Um, I, I can't do that again. Fine, let's go. That's me done. So... You're running, you start approaching the warehouses. Everyone give me perception checks. Six. Five minus one is four. Back on four. Yep. <laughs> 14, which is pretty bad for her. I felt like my critical 20 should have got more. Never mind. <laughs> 24. Yeah. 24. The problem is, is I'd have given you more if there was more to see, but yeah, you're looking isn't. at things that are very, very distant. Yeah. Right. It happens sometimes. Yeah. Oh well. So, Hamid, 
The rest of you are having a bit of a hard time. Hamid, just by fluke of being slightly closer to the ground, I suppose, there's a, a moment part in the rain for you. There are three hangers, it turns out. A near one, a middle one, and a far one. All three appear to have their fronts open. Inside the nearest one, you can see, is a huge dismantled thing. You're not a gearhead, don't know what it is. It's a dismantled thing. The second and third one, more distant ones, you, you can't see from here. Keep running. Don't head don't head towards the first one. And say that. Say I think I think whatever doesn't doesn't seem to look like there's anything in one piece in there. Sure. Okay, you all power along to the second hangar. Here you see movement. What you see are a bunch of gnomes, and they are burly for gnomes, so that's unusual by the way. Gnomes tend to be a bit more slight, they're all quite quite built. And it is chock full of equipment. Crates and crates and crates of things, pallets, and there are some large, what look like mechanisms hanging from the top of the hangar. The fact that the door's open feels a bit incongruous. I mean, you wouldn't leave this much delicate equipment open to the wind and the rain. Almost like people are stealing it. And what you can see is a bunch of burly gnomes are shuttling big crates. Big for them, for like Bertie, you'd be able to hold two easily. <laughs> and they are shuttling them from that middle hangar to the far hangar. So you'll see one noble searching for food, gesture to the others, pick up a crate, pass it over, that one will you know, run for 50 feet, pass it to the next one. There's only actually about five in the entire shuttle run from. Five gnomes. Five gnomes from one, where, from one hangar to the other. They are all wearing identical blue overalls with some kind of flash on the gold on the breast, but you can't really see what it is. Are blue and gold the colours of any institutions that might be aware of? Or? <laughs> Plenty. Blue and gold, I mean, for, if nothing it. else, blue and, blue and gold is the colour pairing you see in the Navy a lot. Um, uh, sure, but within this context. Do any of you have um, previous not. experience in this, really? I don't believe so. Knowledge history? Um, actually, knowledge, yeah, logo. knowledge history, and I'll allow knowledge logo. Yeah, Both of you give it a go. History, Ooh, natural 20. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That, that might work. That might work. It's been reading up on the French yeah. Navy. Yeah, there's fanzines yeah. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> 12. 12? Uh, 14. 14. The 12 and the 14 now. Oh, the French version of the defence magazine is Jean's Defence Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Oh, James Defence Weekly. I didn't know that. Four Sasha and Zolf, no, you, you don't really get anything from it. Mm, Actually, shiny. Bertie does. Mm. So for you, what you see is, it takes a little moment to figure out, and what it is, is it is an archaic transport emblem, effectively. You can't see the detail of it, but you can tell by the cut of the suits and so on. I mean, it's, it's a bit jazzed up, it's got extra pockets, you don't remember that. But you know that there was a period in the sort of last hundred years or so where a, a transport guild was set up. And this transport guild was de de declared free transport for all, no matter what, blah, blah, blah. And it was a big thing, and there was um, lots of support for it. But it just never really came together because each of the individual captains proved too unreliable. So it kind of fell apart. But there was a brief shining moment where there was going to be universal free air transport. It never really came together. What was the guild called? It was just the, aer the Aeroflot. The Aeroflot guild. guild. Okay. But, right. yeah, it never, it never really came together. Aeroflot? It's, yes. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> but this is super obscure niche knowledge like it was mostly an industry thing that never really came off the ground you only know it because a distant relative happened to be one of the founding members and then it never really happened okay. and they had a calendar with yes. their <laughs> with their in their blue uniforms all beside them so you recognize it as a, a 
out of date but technically official uniform. Right. Gentlemen of the Aeroflot. They all turn to you. They drop the crates and immediately begin sprinting as fast as they can towards the far hangar. Follow those gnomes! <laughs> uh, Bertie runs in the direction of the gnomes. Incredibly, we're all faster than them. Yay! I think. Yes, um, with the exception of Hamid, who is as fast as them. What are you them. moving at? 20. Oh, I am also as fast as them. Oh, as is Bertie. I thought you were 30 as well. No, no 30. I go back to my normal as dwarves. Um, dwarves are 20, but they never stop being 20 is their thing. Oh, that's it. Yes, I apologise. You don't close the gap. Sasha can close the gap if she chooses. Yeah, she's going to close the gap and tackle a gnome. <laughs> Give me a combat manoeuvre check. So just your d20 plus your CMP. 22. <laughs> 22. She's rolling that for 20. Natural 20. You're running. Perfect tackle. Rugby style. You die for she's never seen rugby play. <laughs> <laughs> you die for one gnome. He turns and has enough time to register you flying out of the rain towards him. He backs up, you hit him, and he tumbles in such a way that you take out a second gnome. <laughs> the first two stop, kind of look to you, look back, look to you, look back, and then the ones that you have tackled just yell to them, go, 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 go! We just want out of the city! Just shouts in their the, the ones that you've tackled, like, they, they're not trying to fight you. They're, they look burly, but also they're clearly not. Fighters. Okay. They're just kind of like, get away. I'm just, I'm just going to shout after them, we can pay! The uh, last gnome that was running stops, turns around. You see his head duck bound. And then you see three gnomes come back out running, going, and you know they're bowing their heads under the rain, and they run up to you and just go, say that again. We need to get to Prague. We can pay. Merit's crack coin. Come show, on. Show it, show it, show it. Uh, I'll get the bag. I'll get the equipment bag out and shake it around. He hands his, holds his hand out for the bag. I'm not shaking it. So it's, it's good for gears. I don't care. Show oh, me. Open it. Open the bag. Still holding it. I'm not giving it down. He thing. makes a snatch for the bag now. Take it back. Give me a reflex save, but it won't be a high one. Probably roll badly. Oh, that was really bad. Um, um, Bertie, when he, because Bertie is suspicious of gnomes. <laughs> Bertie is ready to slap down I'll, that arm. I'll allow this. Yeah. Um, five. Five. Yeah. He reaches out snatches the bag, going, you can go anywhere, you... Bertie's hand slaps the jewels that were inside, scatter across the air, the um, ground of the airfield amongst the torrential rain. The gnome just looks daggers at Bertie. Cash on delivery, young man. And I'll be scooping up the uh, gems. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. How much for five tickets to Prague? Half of that bag. How much in gold pieces? Three quarters of that bag. I'm not in need. You guys are. Um, I Bertie, Bertie, Bertie picks the gnome up by the neck. <laughs> Half of that bag? <laughs> a quarter of that bag. Okay, new deal. Uh, none of that bag, but you'll get to keep your lives. Let's go, everyone. Hooray! <laughs> Commerce! Bertie's still carrying, <laughs> carrying the gnome by the neck towards the hangar. Sasha keeps hold of the one that she tackled. In ha- having been on airships before as an incredibly privileged traveller, what is the going rate for inter-city travel by airship? Uh, depends on the type of transport. If First it, class. Assuming it is... <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean it's the only class? This is Hammett. It's I the mean, only one he'd know. Like. The sad fact is, it is the only class in oh, air yeah, travel. Yeah. So, for an airship, you would be looking at, to Prague, reasonable rate would be 50 gold each. It's not cheap. Oh. However, there are plenty of other types of transport, and depending on the transport, it could be anything up to 200 all the way down to 25. I'm going to take 500 gold and 
put it in the hands of the, this captain and go, I think you'll find that's more than fair. There doesn't need to be any bad blood. I'm looking back at these guys. While the rest of them of are us. running to the far hangar. Yeah. Okay, the, the one that you're passing it to goes, that's fine. Why didn't we just do this? What are they doing? What I they was doing? trying to! Let's just go! <laughs> at which point, they all start running towards the far hangar. You step in from the torrential rain, and the second that you step under, obviously the hangar appears to be dry. What's more, there appears to be some kind of magical barrier which reminds you of the Cult of Poseidon's headquarters that had that barrier from the storm. Ah, okay, not the uh, not the air docks from Star Wars. No, God, no. Are they red or blue? Different. <laughs> completely different. So, yeah, stepping through, it's actually bone dry in there, and it's actually quite warm. It's a good temperature. And um, what you see is a vast vessel, the likes of which none of you have ever seen before. To Hamid's practiced eye, it kind of looks like someone took an airship, got rid of that whole balloon thing, and then made the ship bit much bigger and more complicated. Oh my god, guys, it's a jet! Sasha, <laughs> to you, it looks like someone took a chemical factory and strapped it to a, a boat she really likes to make idea. it go. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. Zolf, she appraises it. What yes. you see is an extremely unseaworthy vessel. <laughs> Bertie, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a big thing. It is large. <laughs> what it is, is a ship. It looks a full-sized ship, and it looks like someone has retrofitted an actual ship. Hashtag oh. steampunk. There are a pair of what look like engines or something on the front, and a pair of engines somewhere on the back. Turbine-esque, you, you don't know what you're looking at. This is kind of advanced stuff. You do see large chemical tanks strapped to the outside of the vessel, oh, which are feeding exactly to them. as safe as I want air travel to be. <laughs> there are a pair of huge funnels at the back, which are currently starting to belch bright like lime green smoke exactly as safe all aboard oh, no. you see at the very end of the boat there is a i'll call it a ship from now on the you see boat. you see at the very end of the ship behind a traditional wheel albeit with 50 levers on either side of the actual wheel a gnome in extremely bright clothing you can't see how more big is their hat their hat, <laughs> their hat is 12 large, which is within the realms of reasonable, but still impractical. impractical. This, this has some sort of mechanical effect. No, it? I just I just really want a sky captain to have a really big hat. That seems correct. How, okay. how you measure the, importance on a boat the, is the yeah, size Admirals of just end up with like other boats on their head. <laughs> So all of the burly gnomes are loading up what are the crates that have been stacked here. They're loading them up onto the um, boats. The one that Hamid passed the money to has a quick conversation with two of them. They go, they look at you all a bit nonplussed, then run out and proceed to finish loading the crates that they've got. They show you up basically a gangplank, which is you have to go up a little bit of scaffold because it's, it's not designed to be in this kind of a space. And then they gesture for you to go aboard. Like, do you I do so? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yes, with a horrible, horrible grim look on my face. With a grin, with a <laughs> wonderful grin. This is amazing. Can I get to fly it? I'm really good at machines. Percy is still carrying the gnome by the neck, but as soon as he stands on the deck, he just puts him down. Goes, there we go, Pat's. Well, it's a bit slow for you. <laughs> they start telling you to go onto the gangplank. It creaks ominously beneath your armour. Then a couple of the gnomes come and you get craned onto the boat. <laughs> <laughs> 
as Bertie's feet touch deck and Bertie's gnome's feet touch mm-hmm. deck, you are all greeted by the gnome that you saw behind the wheel. Their hat is a peculiar combination of big, floppy, admiral, peacocky thing and actual, like, skywear with the ear <laughs> things. So what it is, is it's got the ear flaps, it's got the goggles, and then it has basically a full peacock's tail coming out of the back of it. Is there, is there a... Because you wouldn't want it to be a full sail, right? Because you would get... A, a breeze would scoop you off, so you'd want it to have... You know, the ability to is flex. there a, is there a cog glued on the eye of yeah. every peacock? <laughs> <laughs> there is not. However, the gnome who is short and very slight for gnome standards, like really really small, strides up to you, and they make what they lack in stature, they make up for in presence. Big swagger. Still taller than me. They pull off their goggles, and you all recognise a female gnome. Hands on hips, rapier on one side, and to. Your eye, Sasha, you recognise an actual gun, which is an incredibly rare thing in, to see and around. Looks Especially up at you. around explosive chemicals oh, yeah. and sacks of air. Looks to you all and then goes, Hmm, I see. Looks like we've got some passengers then. That is precisely yeah, what you have. That's that's what that's what is, that is literally yeah. what is happening. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what's going yeah. on. Hello! Hi. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to close the episode there in the most unglamorous morning yeah. ever. Now we are passengers, it's that's why we... I mean, we, 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 we bought tickets, right? And, then just, <laughs> and this is a sky Yeah, no, we just... Yeah. We're going we're going going. Going. Can you show us to our cabins? We've had a really long day. Are you going in any particular Oh, I'm never going into air travel. Oh, God. to travel in a specific direction. Can I see the wire? Like, look, I'm calling this. We'll see you all next week, okay? Start pressing the button. Bye, guys! Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by RustyQuill.com and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial International License. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Alexander J. Newell. To comment on episodes, make donations, and view links, images, videos, and show notes, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at TheRustyQuill, or email us at mail at RustyQuill.com. Thanks for listening. Ben Meredith. And who are you playing? As, who am I playing? Yeah. <laughs> who are who, you really? What's going on? What year is it? Yeah. And who are you Who's playing? Who's president? <laughs> no, this is so much worse than I thought. I mean, the, the good news is, is Wild is gaining a lot of experience because <laughs> he's making a lot of mistakes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that that was a fusion of a D and D based joke with a wild witticism. Because experience is what helps us level up. Right, yeah, and yeah. the wild witticism is experience is the name everyone gives to their mistakes. Uh, so there's one know. combat roll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hi everyone, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. 
What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.